Well, good morning. IBC family and all of you who are coming just to visit for this an amazing holiday. Exactly. I'm just preparing for Sunday. Good evening. <laughs> it's dark in the morning. It's dark in the evening. Who's really counting? But we are gaining seconds as we speak. Isn't that exciting? It's morning summer. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, this is all improv and unplanned, but if you see me glittering, it's because glitter gets everywhere. And when a child rubs up on you, I'm literally just trying to like brush off my suit, and it's just sprinkling on. I'm sorry, Marty, for the cleanup on aisle one right over here. Let me try again. Merry Christmas. And blessed Advent. I got to say, I am actually very excited, have already been exci- just encouraged and strengthened and loving the fact that I get to work at worship King Jesus with you all this evening. You know, if you've been with us in the past four weeks, Pastor Tom already mentioned this, but uh, if you've been with us in the past four weeks, or if you have not been with us in the past four weeks, or maybe you've streamed with us in the past four weeks, we've been going through an Advent theme, really identifying various aspects of God's character. As you well know, Advent means to be, to, to, uh, it really indicates coming. It indicates arrival. It's a, an expectation that something big is about to happen. You also know that as we have been going through our Advent theme, that we, the theme has been God with us. The gospel writer Matthew indicates this when he actually uh, looks back at old prophecies and, tr- and, and reflects them in his own gospel. In Matthew chapter 1, when he says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call his name, what? Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so each week we have focused on various aspects of God's character that has come to us and into our world, into our lives through the person of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't necessarily intend to recap in detail every Advent theme because I know you have things to do. But I would like to retrace our steps just for a very brief moment And if you have not been with us, this will give you a helpful understanding of where we've come from and where it all culminates for such a time as this. You see, we first learned that God with us brings hope. God with us brings hope. You remember how Luke begins his gospel when he begins with the account of Jesus' birth as foretold through the priest Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth were very old in age. They had no kids. They had given up on the idea of having kids. And then one day, an angelic being, a messenger from God, comes to him and says, Zechariah, your wife is going to give birth. Miraculous in and of itself. But not only does this spark a a sense of hope for Zechariah, because all of a sudden, they are now given a child by, by God. But... We also see this sparks hope for the entire nation of Israel, for all Hebrews at that time. We know that this son that was promised to Zechariah and Elizabeth was, was given by God, 
promised by God, and his sole purpose, John the Baptist, was to prepare the way for the Lord. You see, this message of this hope that the Messiah was finally on the scene was something that the Hebrew people anticipated for a very long time. They knew their history. They knew that in the very beginning, God created everything, and everything was perfect for a short while. And then Adam and Eve chose to rebel against God. And because of the rebellion against God, we see that ultimately all of God's creation that was once perfect was now corrupted in every aspect. But but since that time, God has been working diligently, restlessly, relentlessly to undo the curse of sin. You see, God is in the business of redeeming what has been lost or corrupted by the negative aspects of sin. We see the prophet Isaiah also hearkens to this hope, right? The prophet Isaiah says, hey, people, Israel, don't lose heart. I know it seems that God is slow to fulfill his promises, but do not lose heart. And we see that Isaiah the prophet says says to us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Who is this child that Isaiah speaks of? Well, he goes on to say, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of his greatness and of his government and peace, there shall be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah is one of the the major prophets, the one we oftentimes refer to most, but other prophets also foretold what was promised, foretold what God was going to do to redeem the people, redeem the human race. And yet, after the last prophet, there was over 400 years of silence. 400 years. You would, you would think that all hope is lost. And yet, this is why when the angel appeared to Zechariah and said, Zechariah, it has begun. This was, this was a spark of great hope. This was a message of great hope because now God was fulfilling all that he promised to do. The Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one who came to take care of our sin problem was coming on the scene once and for all to deal with what separated us from God. Hope was alive again in Israel. Hope on earth at its deepest levels was alive again and hope brothers and sisters, is still alive today. Let me ask you this for your own personal reflection. Do you have hope this evening? Do you have hope? You know, whether your heart is light or whether your spirit is in deep despair, let me encourage you that God with us brings hope. God with us brings hope that sustains us through the darkest of days as we wait patiently for God to move. God brings us hope, but God with us also brings love. In so many different ways, God showed his love, especially in the way he provided for both Mary and Joseph, right? 
You would imagine if Mary was going, what is going on inside of me? And then an angel says, Mary, I'm, I'm doing something here. God is fulfilling his redemptive purposes through you. And she's like, me? Someone of really no account? I was chosen? And then Joseph, his, her fiancé, hey, don't worry, Joseph. I just want you to know what's going on so you're not too surprised. What's going on here is something that the Lord is doing. And we see this affirmed and and, and confirmed over and again when the the shepherds come, the wise men come, Elizabeth and Zechariah testify this. Family members are saying, God is on the move. It's happening, brothers and sisters. And you know what? It's happening today too. The fact is, God with us continues to bring love And it's available to all of us because God is love. God is love. And God loves to give his love freely. For God so loved the world, right? In John 3.16, that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but instead would have everlasting life. John, that writer, says elsewhere, his disciple, in this is love. What is this love? Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the substitute for our sins. We deserved just penalty and death. And God says, I love you. I'm taking that upon myself. And therefore, you get to walk free, innocent, justified, and clear. That's what Jesus accomplished on the cross. I can't help but ask the question, however, have you received this love? Are you filled with this love? God with us brings hope. God with us brings love. Thirdly, God with us brings joy. Pastor Tom's preached on this. Elizabeth, Zachariah's wife, I've already mentioned it. She, she was not able to have a child. They longed for it. They gave up on the idea of it. They served faithfully in the temple, living out the rest of their years, trusting and entrusting themselves to their father, knowing that he is good no matter what. And yet, out of the blue, in unexpected fashion, God says, it's time and I'm using you. You've been faithful. God has heard your prayers and I am now answering Now, in that culture, to not be able to bear a child was basically to walk around with a stigma over you perpetually. No doubt people were wondering, oh, poor Elizabeth. I know she's so faithful in the temple. They're such nice people, but man, they must have done something wrong. There must be some sort of hidden sin by somebody. And no doubt the loss of hope, they had given up. And yet, God, but God, right? God shows up uh, in in his timing, his perfect way, and says, Elizabeth, everything's about to change. Not only am I going to provide and answer your prayers, but the son that I'm going to provide for you, he has actually got a, a divine task to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. Brothers and sisters, let me just say this to you. Christmas is a season that is characterized by joy. It is characterized by joy, not just because of the presence that may be sitting under your tree right now. Not just because some of you have a few extra days off of work. 
though that's nice. Not just because you are reunited with family for such a time as this. No, Christmas is a season characterized by joy, ultimately because Jesus has come. That's why we celebrate. That's why we have reason to respond with joy. God offers us a divine joy that is rooted in our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one who came, He lived, He died, and He lives again, and one day He will return. He promises that. He will return and ultimately complete His redemptive work. I can't wait for that day. Who knows? It might be sooner than we think, right? Jesus says this in John 15, if you're not convinced already. He says this, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that, my, and that your joy may be made full. Some people don't understand this, but do you realize that God wants you to be full of joy? He wants you to be happy. But he also wants you to understand that your joy is rooted in him. When you have Jesus, then you have divine joy. Fourthly, we also learn that God with us brings peace. What does Luke, the gospel writer, say in chapter 2? He says, we see the angels from heaven saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those to whom his favor rests. You see, the kind of peace that the angels spoke of, that they, that they declared from the skies, is what the Hebrews call shalom. More than just the absence of conflict, shalom describes fullness of safety, completeness, wholeness. This is the peace of restoration with God. This is the peace that settles deeply in our souls. It is a calm acceptance that It is well with my soul, no matter what storms that might surround me. It is the peace that holds us even when circumstances swirling around us are not those that we might determine as silent nights. It is the peace that Jesus promises in John chapter 14 when he says, Peace I leave with you, peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you do I give you. Therefore, do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Here's the point. Because God is with us, His peace is available for us. This is the peace of Christ and the wholeness of shalom that we celebrate with the arrival of Jesus Christ. The Prince of Peace has come And the charge to us is this, may his peace rule in our hearts. God with us brings hope. God with us brings love. God with us brings joy. And God with us brings peace. And ultimately, God with us, at the center of it all, is Jesus. God with us is Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of all hope. Jesus is the embodiment of all love. Jesus is the source of all joy. Jesus is the source of all peace. Jesus is life. What does Jesus say? In contrast to the kingdom of darkness, Jesus says in John 10.10, the evil one comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what the thief comes to do. But he says, but you want to know why I came? 
I came that you might have life. And not just have kind of an okay life. I came that you might have life and to have it to the full, to experience it abundantly. That's the life that Jesus wants and desires for you. John 14, 6, Jesus declares, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So brothers and sisters, friends and family members, as we arrive here at Christmas, my prayer for each and every one of us is this, that we would open our hearts to him in worship. May we receive his hope. May we receive his love and his joy and his peace. And ultimately, may we receive his life. Let us be like those shepherds long ago, right? Let us eagerly go to our Savior and worship. And let us return glorifying, praising God, because guess what? He is the only one worthy of our praise. Is he worthy? Yes, he's worthy.